Yes, you can find us on Instagram at Fantasy Football Wins. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted, Season 4, Episode Number 1. I am one half of your co-hosting team here, and I am joined by my partner, my co-host, but mostly my rival, and that is Alex K. Alex, so good to talk to you, so good to see you. I wish I could give you the same sentiment, but we're here anyway. A lot has gone on since we last talked, but everybody knows that, uh, so we won't bore them with the details, uh, and I'm sure that'll get mentioned a couple times throughout the episode, so we'll touch on it then. I do want to start off to say, let everybody know that we have a bit of a new format to the show. Uh, we'll still be covering all the same ground, just in a slightly new way, and uh, we won't go into all the details here. You'll figure it out as we move along, uh, and we're also working on a bunch of goodies that we plan to continue to post throughout the week, the whole season. You can keep tabs on that. And the way you can do that, Alex, please uh, fill them in where they can find all those goodies. Yes, you can find us on Instagram at Fantasy Football Wins. That's the best place to find uh, our up-to-date waiver wire picks uh, that we're going to do and possibly our big board. We'll put our big board on there. So Instagram, Fantasy Football Wins. If you go there, you'll never have to say, if only I started that guy, I would have won. That's it. All right. Thanks, Alex, for filling everybody in on where to check out on the socials to get all that cool goodies that we'll be sending out throughout the season. We have lots to cover, a little time to do it. So let's get right into it. And our fantasy talk question, are you draft ready? Have you woken from your fantasy football slumber? I can honestly say I'm not draft ready. Um, One of the hardest parts about a draft is really after the fifth round, still finding those relevant players. And I haven't done my due diligence this year to really know who those players are. And that, that really is what sets me apart in a draft is those later picks being more valuable. So you have a lot of catching up to do is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm behind. I'm super behind. Hopefully this podcast will help me catch up. Well, it's helped me in the past, and that's how I came out number two last season in our, our league, and I beat Alex in our league. So I completely agree. This podcast is part of the reason that you beat me in that league, was listening to our advice. Absolutely. So it's the best advice. I am, I am, I'm ready. I've been out of my slumber for a while now. Uh, we've talked about this before where I am in a dynasty football league. So I am roughly three quarters of the year. I am into fantasy football in some regard. And usually this picks back up around the real football draft time because I have a rookie draft. So I got to start keeping tabs, seeing who's going where, who fits well with what teams and all all that good stuff. And it just, we have other little rounds of uh, housekeeping that happens during the summer. So it just gets you in the mindset because you have to do certain cuts, trying to make some moves. You got to think long-term and like, who do I want to pick up? Who do I want to draft? That kind of thing. And how does that factor in? So I'm already kind of in that mode, which is kind of great. So I've been raring to go. And with that, let's move into our next topic of discussion. That is our weekly position rankings. And we're going to give you the top five of each position. These will be based off of the Yahoo Fantasy sports rankings right now so it's a little early still but i think we're starting to hone in on where the drafting is going to start happening for each position so let's start off with one of the big ones and that is the quarterback position two quarterbacks i like it yeah yeah we're starting off good here we got to get everybody in hooked first before we go into the other ones starting at number five is kyler murray of the arizona cardinals what do you think about yeah i don't like it really i don't like it one bit um i feel like Drew Brees should be at number five. 
he's he's way far down. Wow, he uh, really, I think he, I'm scrolling. He's got a lot to prove. Yeah, I that that's kind of wild that he's all the way down there. I agree. You could even maybe it's debatable, but Deshaun Watson is right behind him at number six. So, all right, moving on. Yeah, so let's move on to number four. Number four, they've got uh, Dak Prescott. And uh, how do you feel about that? I don't like this at all. Talk about another one that I think they should bump down. He has been up there as far as the rankings go, but we'll get to it a little later. But I'm not sure he's actually going to get drafted this high by most leagues. I really feel like didn't he get the uh, one-year contract? He didn't get the money he deserved or something happened to him. I don't follow Cowboys as much as you do. Oh, yes, because that's what I live and breathe, let me tell you. Uh, he, I believe, is going to just be playing on a franchise tender, so he's going to get a lot of money right. for one season, but they did not that's come it. to a long-term deal, which sure. is going to cause all kinds of issues. Outside of that, though, just overall play, I just don't... So who do you put there? I would move up. Like you said, Drew Brees could even go into the number four spot, or Deshaun Watson, or even Kyler Murray. Deshaun Watson. I, I yeah, would move for all sure. three of those guys up. All right, so moving, number on, three. moving on to number three is Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. I like this. He is not necessarily your prototypical just bonanza points kind of guy, but he's always the, a solid top three, I think, fantasy football quarterback in my opinion. I like him, I think, for a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky pick. Uh, I may put Matt Ryan there Wow, that nobody sees coming. No, no, no. Like This is, this is like high hopes – like fantasy prediction, like this this would be like bold prediction first episode is that Matt Ryan's going to have his best season yet. That's interesting. That's quite the leap there. Uh, I, I won't oh, go that 100%. far. I, I actually like Russell, Russell Wilson, and I would probably actually consider taking him higher because he's going to go pretty high. I would actually consider maybe pulling the trigger on something I wouldn't normally do. So moving on number two. Right. So we both like him there. We both like him at number three. Number two is Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson uh, as a number one or number two. I don't care which one. If I get him as either one of those. Yeah, and that number one is pretty obviously it's Pat Mahomes, and he just got that huge, huge deal in the offseason, and he really is the man at this moment. Uh, I agree, though. I'd be happy either getting Mahomes or Lamar Jackson at this point, so I don't think you really could go wrong. They're almost 1A, 1B, not 1 and 2. Great. Let's move on to tight ends. Tight ends. All right, starting off with starting off with Darren Waller of the Las Vegas Raiders, which is super, super weird to say. The Las Vegas Raiders. So weird. So traditional. So yep, so Darren Waller. Thoughts? Uh yeah. I like I like Raiders tight ends. You know, they're movers and shakers, they're yards after the catch. Yeah, sure, why not? Do they even have much to throw to as far as the wide receiver spot goes? I mean, aren't that deep at receiver overall, right? And then even if they did, I don't think they're getting the ball more than 15 yards. Yeah. So, okay, not bad. You, you think he's going to make up for it in uh, receptions there. Moving on to number four. Yeah, your favorite, Zach Ertz. Ertz. Ertz so much. Yeah, I'm not sure about this, to be honest with you. While I went into last season thinking he was the number two uh, he's starting to have some injury issues. You're starting to see that wear of age. And I think he, he's a, he's a guy who leaves it all on the field kind of guy. And it's starting to wear on him. I think if you draft Ertz, draft Goddard as your backup, I'll second that. I'll even put it out there right now that I'm going with Goddard over Ertz if I have a chance to, and why I actually might wait on that. If I can't get say the top two, I possibly could wait or even top three. I might wait. Then if it's down to Ertz, I'm going to wait. I'm feeling that Goddard's going to have a much bigger role and a higher upside than what Ertz does. 
Agree. Number three, my man, Mark Andrews. This was your sleeper pick of sleeper picks last year. You picked him after you picked your kicker. Yep, 12th round, baby, 12th round. Wow. Uh, I'll I'll never forget the conversation you had with our commissioner where he's like, dude, are you okay? You have a kicker, but you don't have a tight end yet. So legit, our commissioner pulled me into his bedroom and said, "Uh, man, I respect you. Uh, I like to talk trash. You know that? I am genuinely confused as to why you just drafted a kicker and you don't have a tight end. And I was like, look, man, I drafted the number one kicker. uh, And it used to be the Rams kicker uh, the year before. Uh, So I said, I I filled every other position to my number ones. I don't have a tight end, but I've got a secret. I was like, you'll wait for it. You'll see. So, and you nailed it. So kudos to you. All right. Moving on to number two, uh, George Kittle, San Francisco 49ers. Yep. Taste the rainbow. I love it. Who doesn't love it? Are we still keeping a number two? Do you think he's going to have any sort of drop off? Do you think this team's going to fall flat? That kind of thing. Uh, do you think, are you confident in his quarterback? I know he's kind of the only guy, I guess the number one, but still. Yeah. It's like real. I'm happy to have it. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Moving on then. Number one, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. With Travis Kelsey, the guy you stole from me. Too slow there, man. You're too slow. Too slow. Same thing. You're you too stole slow, You're too slow last year. You're too slow even announcing him. I'm moving in. This guy. Uh, sounds about this right. This guy, he kind of set the pace for, I feel like my entire season last year. It was, it was a, it was a great pickup. My strategy worked out very, very well. I had multiple people trying to pull him from me and I just, I said no. Even after he had a few, he had a little bit more up and down by his standards, but he had an injury here and there that kept him out or he wasn't 100%. But down the stretch, he was his old self. So it was great. All right, let's moving yeah, on now. That's great. It was. Defenses. It was great. Defenses. Defenses win championships, except in fantasy football. Because I had them and I didn't win. New England <laughs> Patriots are number five. Yeah, I guess I feel like the whole thing, I'll just start off with this whole list of defense feels like it's riding either off the coattails of last year or just by name recognition. Don't draft a defense right away. Don't worry about it. Don't. If you don't get any of these five. It does not matter. One of them will rise to the top in the waiver wire. Didn't you pick them up off the waiver wire in like week one or two? Week one for like $3 of fab money. I got New England Patriots and I rode them for about nine weeks. Yeah. I mean, you look at it. You got New England, you got Buffalo, you got Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and San Francisco. That's all either names. That's it. it, And it's all name recognition or either just people uh, or just riding off from last year's uh, success. I don't agree with the Pittsburgh one. I would remove that one. Um, Buffalo is actually not that they're pretty solid. I would leave Buffalo. I would leave the Patriots, but I would remove Pittsburgh. I would leave Baltimore. KC, I think should jump up there a little bit. Agree. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. So we're going to take a break there from the uh, weekly position, get into the current events. Whole lot going on. So, all right, here we go. I told you to get mentioned at some point in this episode. First is all the COVID IR situation, the COVID skip list, because they're kind of going one hand in hand here. And this COVID IR is this new sub IR created for people who get COVID or been in contact with people who had COVID. And I'm very kind of nebulous about what the rules are on it. And so it doesn't mean that you're done for the season or you're out for an extended period of time, but it allows. But it could. It could. Well, yeah, it absolutely could means that they can i guess save a roster space for when it matters but for some reason they're doing it even in training camp so sure whatever i don't know but it's a concern it's just it's a real life thing that's staring us right in the face every day 
Do you ask your commissioner to open up another IR spot in order to accommodate said concerns? Is that something that we need to do? You know, I I think that is a very, very valid uh, consideration. I I would do that. I would vote yes on that proposition if I was in my league and we'd bring that up for a vote. Because... Because it's a very likely possibility that you're going to lose someone for two to three weeks. Right, and especially if they can only be out for maybe like two weeks. Like you should be able to have that extra spot just for that reason and then still have your regular IR for some other reason because that has that comes into play too sometimes. So, and, and but, it could be you two know, players. People... It could be two players on the IR from COVID on your list. You, you never know sure. your roster. But before they could get sick as well and uh, we couldn't necessarily put them on. So it, it seems a little... Uh, uh, oranges and apples as far as the reasoning behind adding another spot because there's always been sickness you know i i agree i think it should be on there um the other growing concern is this skip list there is kind of like right. some b to you know c plus players in between that range that have sure. left like one of the big ones that just kind of got posted within the past uh recently the few days was uh uh jawan james who's uh one of the top starting right tackles for the denver broncos the reason you bring that up, you're like, all right, well, left tackle or right tackle, whatever. But that's Melvin Gordon's guy leading the way. And now all of a sudden, Melvin Gordon, who looks like he's in actually a decent spot. Sure. You got a question now. How does this affect that whole offensive line? That And then how does that affect him in a ripple effect where he's on a new team, new line, learning new things. But now one of that line to protect him isn't there anymore. It's a, it's a really good concern you have. And, and I'm, I'm sad to hear that Denver has it. But do I have the secret for you? I have the secret to avoiding said problems. And here it is. You ready? Are you listening? listening? I'm ready. Do not draft players in Florida. There you go. Ooh. That is my secret. That is a hot tip. Don't do it. And you won't have to worry about it as much. See, and we're going to we're gonna package that up, cut it down, wrap it up, and we're going to throw that on our Instagram channel just to remind you later in the week to not do that because that's how imperative so. it is. That's our big tip for the week is do not draft players from Florida. Any Florida team, you pick them. Love it. All right. You can only come to a place like this for those hot tips. All right. So let's move on to the next topic of conversation for current events. And I could not leave this out of it. My man, Antonio Brown is still in the mix here. He's still in the mix. So will not go away. He is the herpes of all the players in the NFL. He you cannot get rid of him. He comes up at the most inconvenient times. Let's talk more about it. All right, him. let's talk about it. So leading into the weekend, uh there was some some talks about him going to the Ravens. Lamar Jackson commented on it. He said he would love to see him in a Ravens jersey to throw to him. So that got kind of a lot of cold water poured on it, though, by the end of the weekend. But that didn't stop the stories from happening because now the Seahawks are rumored to be monitoring the A-B situation. Now, he did get suspended for eight games. So there is that. So he is not going to come into any team until at least midseason, if there is a midseason. And so there's a lot going on here. If there is a team, I'll, I'll say this, that is the next team up on a list who hasn't had him on their team. The Seahawks are that team to do it, to take a chance on him. I think they can take a gamble. It will either work amazingly or it'll just not. And they can move on from him with, I think little effect to the rest of their team. I'm going to say he's Ray Rice. Ooh, really? You think he's done? I think he will get on a team. Uh, I think he will attempt to, uh, serve his suspension and if football gets closed down you'll never get to use him 
Um, if it doesn't, they're not going to let him play because I believe he still has some legal troubles that he has to get through before being uh, allowed onto the field. And I don't know that that will go away. Okay, well, that is the AB talk of the week, which I'm sure will come up many, many more times throughout the season. But we're going to be moving on now back into our weekly position rankings discussions. And to kick off the second round, we're going to jump into a much, much discussed position, and that is the kicker. So starting off with the kicker at number five, we have Robbie Gould of the San Francisco 49ers. Sure, I mean... They got a windy circumstance up there. I always get nervous about these guys that play in outdoor windy situations, but it seems very odd that it wouldn't be an indoor arena situation in the top five. And, and also San Francisco is a, a win at all cost sort of team. And the fact that they'll play to the point where they won't get a touchdown at the end. I don't necessarily trust points on the board for them as much as I think they'll get a W. Good. All right. Well, moving on. Greg Zerline. He's my boy. This was my number one pick for kickers last year. And it didn't pan out. Butker, I think, was the better one. But he did good things for a little bit before he got injured. Yeah, I saw him on one of my mock drafts. And I didn't go for him, but he was, it was, I nope. was debating him. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it this year. Nope. Yep. Uh, that Dallas team is questionable overall, uh, which affects the kicker. All right, moving on to number three, Will Lutz of the New Orleans Saints. Yep. Easy. That's a lock in the top three, I think. Yep. Guy, team team shoots shoots a, uh, scores a lot of points in to, inside. Uh, Butler Buckler or Buck. Whoa! You can you t- can you team me up for uh, number two here? Number two is Harrison Butker. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm gonna have to practice that one. Same thing. Casey just scores so many points that just having their kicker, you're just gonna get points by default pretty much. Uh, and pretty much same thing for number one, Justin Tucker, who is actually though also in addition to the reason he's number one is he just doesn't miss. Like that's his thing. Plus his quarterback is going to get him into the oh red zone. Oh my god! So many, so times. many times. So okay, let's so do wide times. receivers. Moving on to wide receivers. Keeping it moving. Keeping it moving. Number uh, wide receivers at number five. So we're looking at Julio Jones. Still, still That's up my there. Boy. Still up there, man. After all these years, even with like that team in questionable state, he's still uh, rocking it at number. Four. I honestly can't think of a better person at number five though. So number four, oh, I can. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I can think DeAndre Hopkins. All right, I like him at number four. Um, honestly, I would have him higher. I, I, Me too. I still have Hopkins higher. So moving on to number three, Tyreek Hill. Where do you stand on him? I This is hard. He has been boomer bust the last two years. Yeah. I don't want him as my number one wide receiver, but if he's my number two, definitely. Number two, we got Devontae Adams, which I this one I just don't get. I don't want anything to do with it. Please, Alex, can you? Let's let's swap. You and I, you and I, let's swap Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins for this list right now. Yeah. All right. Done. I, I mean, that's pretty much what I was doing. And yeah, that's it. That was my message. So number one, my boy, Michael Thomas. I love him. I should have drafted him. I knew I should have uh, drafted Devontae Adams. Everybody's heard it. Let's get over it. All right, there it is. Uh, Michael Thomas, the de facto number one wide receiver, has been, still is. Get him quick. If you're at the fourth spot, pick him up. I will talk about that shortly. Okay, moving into the most coveted position because there is so little depth at this position, and that is the running backs. Saving the best for last. Okay, at number five, we have Derrick Henry. Roll, Todd. I, I'm not sure where I fall on this. My Here's my my concern about Derrick Henry. Did they run him too much last year? And we haven't seen him to be consistent. So he, he finally had his breakout year. Can he do it again? You can stay away from him all you like. I love it. 
I think this is his year to, to shine. Uh, he gets the rock. He's always been behind DeMarco Murray and Deion Lewis. So this is his time. Uh, I love him. Number five sounds the perfect spot for him. Number four, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, I think he should be bumped up a spot here. I'm still all in on Alvin Kamara. I'm pretty much all in on anybody on the Saints. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is great for number four. You were going to ask me a question about Derrick Henry. I was going to say, do you think Derrick Henry should be higher? Would you rate him higher? Me personally, I would definitely rank him above Zeke Elliott, who's at number three. Um, I would swap uh, Dalvin Cook somewhere in there, though. I'd sprinkle Dalvin Cook and move Zeke down to number six. All right, so we know we'll, we'll get the number the top two in a second here. So I just curious though, then what would be your five, four, three? I put I would put Dalvin Cook at five. I'd put Henry at four, Kamara at three, and then we'd move on to number two. We'd have Saquon Barkley at number two. Saquon Barkley is our number two. He's gotten injured several years in a row, so I would be careful with that. But he's gonna be a ball hog. Yeah, I don't know. I still I I, I he, he's. A, De facto, one, two. I mean, honestly, to me with the top two, Christian McCaffrey fills in at number one. I just always have this thing about him that I just feel like this is the year that he falls off because of an injury or just wear and tear, that kind of thing. And it's like every year he's proved me wrong, but then that doesn't stop my thinking behind that. Man, I'm with you. I feel like this is the year that, like you were asking about Derrick Henry, he's been run too much. He's, uh, he's going to Jamal Charles you right now. I remember Jamal Charles did it two years in a row, and that third year he got injured. So Yeah, and I, I just don't want to be left holding the bag when I get that chance to draft him, and then that's it. And honestly, this is why if I had the number one, I probably would go with Barkley just out of calming my nerves. Also, they don't have Cam there anymore. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. I don't know if that means they're just going to stack the box now down there. We don't know what we're going to get out of Bridgewater. They didn't have him for half the year last year, though. True. But that's when they relied on him. I don't know. We'll see. So interesting still stuff at the top of the running back spot. In my opinion, not totally clear cut. Yep. All right. So that is our position ranking. So we're moving on into our next topic. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, I did two mock drafts so far in preparation, getting back into the swing of things. And they were very interesting. And specifically for the fact they they varied wildly. So in my first mock draft, I had the number two overall pick. And in the end, I ended up having an A grade. And for my second mock draft, I had the number five pick. And also, by the way, these are 12 out of 12 team uh, mock drafts. Which you don't like. Which I hate, but I gotta, this is the world we live in now. I was the number five spot, which was just, it's awful. I mean, the middle of the pack in a 12 team draft is just, it's death. And I got a C grade. Again, Yahoo grades, take them a grain of salt. But in relative nature of going, comparing them, that's where I ended up landing. Uh, let me just go through my first A grade mock draft. I got Barkley, Travis Kelsey, and Allen Robinson as my top three. Wow. Honestly, my whole draft was pretty damn good. I got Kyler Murray as my quarterback. So that was interesting. That was one I kind of reached on a little bit, but at where I got him at for the fourth round, I thought it was pretty good. I picked DeAndre Swift as my backup running back uh, from Detroit. Interesting move. Um, from there is a lot of depth players, so I don't have to get too far into it. I got Phillip Rivers in the 15th round, so I like that as a backup quarterback if I'm going to go that route. Yeah, so let me just go over round one, though, with you, just so you can get a feel for kind of what people are thinking here. McCaffrey 1, Barkley 2, Elliott 3, Kamara 4, Henry 5, Thomas 6, Cook 7, Chubb 8, Adams 9, Mixon in number 10, Eckler at 11, and Kenyon Drake at 12. 
So I feel like in the mid round at the top there, there might've been some auto picks maybe, or people were just going off of the the overall draft uh, rankings like we just talked about. But that end of the draft was just weird. So those must've been people who had no idea what they're doing or fan Homer favorites. What's interesting is it sort of lined up with what Yahoo said. Um, so maybe it was an auto draft for that very reason, but um, it was pretty close to what uh, what Yahoo had us at. That's what I feel like re- reviewing that right now. Either people who don't know what they're doing just picked who the rankings were or there was some sort of auto draft at that point. Uh, let me go into the next one, which was the C-grade round ones. Uh, my first three picks were Elliot, Godwin, and Beckham. Uh, so it, it was an interesting draft. I did not – oh, and I'll, let me get into this. So first, I, I did not want Elliot. I did not want to draft him, but I had to do it. So round one, McCaffrey, Barkley, Michael Thomas at number three. He, he jumped up to number three. Uh, Kamara at four. I had to take Zeke at five. Derrick Henry goes six. Cook, seven. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the KC rookie running back, goes number eight, which was a shocker. Uh, Tyreek Hill, number nine. Kenyon Drake. Josh Jacobs at 11 and Nick Chubb at 12 and DeAndre Hopkins didn't go to the first pick of the second round at number 13. Crazy. So there was some definitely mixed up flavor in here. This was a more true to form draft. I feel like in the sense of people actually drafting and very interesting to see some of those, uh, those picks there. The Michael Thomas one threw me because at number five, that's who I was eyeing up. That's who I wanted. I was like, he should be there at number five. I give the guy credit all all the credit in the world at number three to go for Michael Thomas. I might do that if I was say number three. That that's definitely something I would consider. So I like that move. I was just mad that he snaked me from it. I got snaked a lot in this draft. This this one frustrated me because I got snaked a lot. So I got snaked by Michael Thomas. Travis Kelsey, he got snaked for me in the second round. Uh so uh, same thing. I had to pick up Chris Godwin, which wasn't a bad, you know, fallback if if there is one. But uh Pat Mahomes went number 11 in the second round and uh, George Kittle got snaked for me too. That's why I went with Beckham. I was going to go with Kittle. I was going to do the same strategy. I was going for the best player available in whoever was left for like tight end or wide receiver. That's what we talk about. It's more important to get the number one in that position and then try to stream that other position. Like you like to do running backs. Um, You know, usually have a very thin amount of running backs, much like your beard right now. You know, hey, this actually, I trimmed this up, man. I trimmed it up. It was getting real wiry. And I was like, I need to, I need to be a little, I gotta, this, this is not me. This is not me. Quarantine beard. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying it out. Once Wilson. Wilson. Once we finally get that vaccine, that'll be my Stanley Cup and all yeah, shit. Yeah, well, we'll be here waiting for it. Here we go. So what I just want to talk about, I, we don't have to go too much more into this mock draft. I was just, it, it was interesting, especially this number five a draft where I was picking the, as the fifth spot, it really was difficult. And they're really good to do though, because it just was a bit of an eye opener of where I have to kind of be a little more proactive, maybe in drafting somebody, drafting somebody who might not be where that spot is. But if I really, really want that person, you got to pull the trigger because that next time around, they might not be there say in that second round or that third round. They might get, my point is they might be in the third round, but then get snaked from you because of where you are in that specific round. And I think that's why we always talk about being aggressive on those position lines. Make sure you get the number one person because you don't know if they're still going to be there and it helps your team just to get them. doesn't matter where you got them, which round, as long as you got them before somebody else did. Yep. And I mean, the Michael Thompson, Thomas one was one of those ones where I couldn't control, but I would never, I, I'm going after by the third pick, I'm going top wide receiver. I'm, I want to do the best I can possibly get. So anyway, those are my mock drafts so far. I'm- 
overall very interesting to get a feel for where other people see certain players. So it, it really is just a great mental exercise. Okay. Moving on now, let's get into some strategy talk, some overall talk now. We're bringing it up again. It's it's never going to leave us. How does COVID affect your strategy in drafting this season? And does it? Or in what ways? We've already covered over all of it. You've got to talk to your commissioner and everyone in the league and, and talk about getting another IR spot just in case, you know, just to, because uh, it doesn't seem fair that you would have to drop one of your picks because of it. At the same time, again, I'm not going to, I too many people from Florida. They're, relax- they're a little more relaxed about all of this. That's what it is. Uh, they're a little more relaxed. So I don't uh, want the relaxed. I want a little more uptight on my football team. So that's kind of my strategy. Yeah, we want a little more focus here. So I I agree with the IR spot and talking to the commissioner. I, I do think this season is going to come down to more of the depth that you draft than any season prior where you're going to have to, on like a moment's notice, drop somebody into one of your marquee spots. Right. And like I said, you just, you can't really think that way because it's going to happen. You just kind of have to put your team together regardless. Okay. But do you, now are you going to try anything different though? And maybe take a couple risks just because maybe this season might not even actually finish. Like we can say it, it's possibility. It's something that's on people's minds. Would you change that mentality of what you do and try something, make a more of a reach maybe just because the ceiling's so much higher, but might not really even affect you at the end because the season might get null and void. I think I stick with what works for me. That's uh, have as many high wide receivers with as many running back twos as I can get uh, a good tight end and uh, the rest kind of falls into place. Okay. I, I'm debating it. I, I'm, I'm, th- I'm trying to think about my strategy and seeing how, what I could do maybe differently and take a gamble here and there. What do you think of missing any games like what are you going to do about that in season is there anything real different that you could do or no you pretty much just it's staying more on top of the waiver wire i guess right like- I, th- I think it's going to be more important for you to pick up your handcuffs i think that's really all that means is that this year more than anything is when you pick up these big guys instead of just hoping that they'll still be on the waiver wire you need to use a later round spot and, and handcuff yourself I think that's the most important message this year. That's a really good thought because I'll be honest with you. I feel like the handcuff has sort of gone a little out of vogue in fantasy football. It's not sure. It doesn't always pan out, but it feels like that's a great time now this season where it really might be one of the top strategies that you have to do. I think so. So the Florida thing was more of a joke, uh, but in all honesty, I think that's a pretty good strategy right there is make sure you handcuff yourself up. Uh, I like it. I like it. And is there um, any pre-draft strategies you got going on right now? I know you really haven't gotten into it. Is there anything new that you were thinking about trying of how you're going to go about it? Like last year you had an app and then, you know, or how you're kind of mapping out how you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my app. Uh, it wasn't the app's fault that I didn't get Michael Thomas. The app actually had Michael Thomas over Devonte Adams. I went with a gut punch feeling that was, uh, Not as good as my own statistical analysis, to say. Um, So I'm going to use the app again uh, uh, for sure. But essentially my my strategy is get Kelsey from you before you get him. We'll see when I take him. We'll see if you get the pick in front of me. This will be a fun one, Uh, especially since we don't have our typical gamemanship pregame draft order. Yeah, Uh, we don't know. We have no idea where we're going to pick or be. No, um, we don't know how we're going to do the the choi- the draft selection choices. We don't have any idea yet. So we have, as a league, I have a lot to figure out, as I'm sure many leagues do. So 
but is there anything different that you're going to do? Do you, do you have any ideas that you were like going to try something new just as far as you're researching or how you're going to go into the draft as far as strategy goes, not like the player strategy, but just like things that you could do for yourself? No, again, what, what I do works. Uh, I'm pretty, pretty good on draft day. It's the playoffs where I need a little more, a little more research. Yeah. All right. So you're just going to be working out any kinks from your strategy from last season. That's, That's all. Good. I am actively evaluating what kind of strategy I want to take. I'm looking at all the possible checkpoints. Like you said, handcuffing, zero RB, zero QB, like one of those, like those are just a bunch of theories that you can go with. And I'm reevaluating all of them specifically for this year. I liked what I did last year and it was a solid strategy, although it was a bit off the cuff since I was like the eighth or ninth pick. So Again, that also, I, I have to have strategies for different places that I'm picking. So I, I'm going to try to be very inclusive and have multiple strategies ready to go in. Right. To my and draft. so let's talk about that next week. We'll talk about uh, certain positions to draft from. We'll talk about the beginning of the snake, the middle of the snake, and then the end of the snake. And, and which one is desired. And if you get it, what you can do in order to uh, uh, draft better than everybody else from that position. Love it. Okay. So I just want to wrap it up with, do you have any players that you're just kind of keeping an eye on that you were interested in from last season that you had on your team, didn't have on your team and you wanted them on your team. So you're kind of just seeing where they're at any kind of rookies maybe, or second year players you're seeing where their draft capital might go up or stay, stay low. So I've got Jerry Judy on the Falcons, I think is one of my sneaky wide receivers that if you can get him in the sixth round or seventh round or wherever he's going, um, I would definitely put him down as a nice fill-in kind of flex wide receiver three. Um, so keep on Judy. Uh, anybody uh, checking out the Kansas City situation, if you can't get uh, whatever the guy's name, Edwards, Clyde Edwards, uh, get his backup uh, for sure. I would definitely pay attention to that situation as some, something I'm eyeing. And then finally, I would actually go with Kenyon Drake. Really? Uh, Kenyon Drake's going to have a better season. And I think people in our, our so league. you're buying into the hype final few I'm games. I'm buying into the fact that he was on Miami for two and a half years and uh, didn't have anybody blocking for him or coaches that even uh, had a foundation of good football. So I'm thinking he's in a system now that he's going to really, really uh, progress. He's gotten a lot bigger. Uh, you'll see. That's interesting. I mean, he went high in those mock drafts. I did. He went in the first round. I'm There's a reason. Late, late, late first round. So I'm not, okay. I, I'm not quite as high, but maybe I'll take a second look at him. And I don't think you should. Set. I think you should forget everything I just said. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, uh, I have a few players too. Uh, all of them are no names at this point, but I'm going to let you in on some possible people that you might want to keep tabs on. So the first one is J.K. Dobbin. He's the running back, the rookie running back of the Ravens. Uh, found in, fell into a really great spot, a team that's established, has a good guy ahead of him. But if Ingram goes down, this guy is going to carry a workload. So somebody to keep tabs on. Michael Pittman Jr. He is the rookie wide receiver of the Colts. He, I think, is in a good situation. A lot of people think he is. He has Phillip Rivers now as his quarterback. He fits the kind of role that Mike Williams would fit on the Chargers for Phillip Rivers. There's T.Y. Hilton's on his way out. This is his last year. It's a contract year, and many people don't think he's coming back. He's on the later side of 30. So it just feels like he could be the next guy in Indianapolis, and there's a good chance maybe mid to late season he could really turn it on and get some great output from him. And the last one is Jalen Rager, uh, wide receiver, rookie of the Eagles. I don't know if you're noticing a theme here. 
I'm looking at all rookies right now. I'm not sure what I feel about Jalen Rager outside of the fact that the Eagles have almost no other wide receivers to throw to. Deshaun Jackson uh, is just a boomer bust, so he's, to me, not a real legitimate threat as a wide receiver draft pick. But Jalen Rager, he could honestly fill into the number one role because Alshon Jeffrey's on the pup list. Uh, you know, their last year's draft pick hasn't shown much at all. J.J. Akara Whiteside hasn't shown anything. Can can you really still draft Deshaun Jackson? Is that really something you can do? I don't think I could pull that trigger. No, no. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't pull that trigger for many reasons now at this point. That's so, what I'm saying. Uh, but I'm saying even productivity-wise, who else are they going to be throwing to? Yeah. And I, it's just uh, Jalen Reger just really could. I'm not sold on him. I don't love him necessarily, but he fell into a really great spot. And maybe could really show that he's worth the draft capital, but a lot of people think he should have went later. Right, and we've talked about the Eagles being very good at spreading the ball around and, and not having just that one workhorse. They do a very good job of running back by committee, and, and you never really know which wide receiver is going to get it on a certain day. So so those are my three players to watch right now, though, just as the offseason progresses. Uh, so, yeah. So, Alex, that was our first episode. Not bad. Uh, I know you had some construction going on in the background there for a little bit. So, you know. Hey, it would not be fantasy football interrupted if we didn't. That's right. That's right. There's a reason why it's called interrupted. So, without any more interruptions, I think we can wrap this show up, though. Uh, Can you please tell all the peoples out there where they can reach us at? Please, please, please go to Instagram at Fantasy Football Wins. To go check out Fantasy Football Wins. Alex, where can they catch you out if they just want to see what you are up to during the week? Hey, if you want to find me, you go to TikTok. You type in Alex Laughs. You're going to find some comedy or at least something to make fun of. I don't know. There it is on the TikToks. Uh, you can catch me at Drives on Twitter. Uh, but honestly, go to that Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram. Uh, we'll be shooting up a bunch of stuff and keeping up throughout the week to make sure that you've got all the information that you know so that... You won't ever have to say, if only I started that guy, I would have won. That's what it's all about. I love it, buddy. All right, man. Alex, I'll catch you next week. Have a good one. Good show.